Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry, ugh, multiple words trying to come out there. Uh, welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. It is my favorite weekend of the season. There's only one college football game on this weekend, and there's one college football game on today because today is Saturday, of course. Uh, it is America's game today uh, at Gillette Stadium, 2 o'clock, Army-Navy uh, both teams, first time they've had the same record in a little while. They're both five and six, uh, non-bowl eligible teams, but they're playing the best game of the year uh, today, and I'm ready for it. It's my favorite one. Tyler was like, I don't like this game because there's not a lot of offense. Uh, this is my favorite game because I don't like a lot of offense. I love defense, and these two teams have really good defenses, especially when they're up against each other, so... Uh, yeah, it's Army Navy week. I'm I'm pretty hype. I'm pretty gassed for this one. Uh, and of course, we got to talk about the Heisman Trophy a little bit here in the show. Uh, and of course, the biggest news of all surrounding college football right now, uh, or the last week, has been the CFP's top four. The College Football Playoff Committee, uh, who I said we need to get rid of a long time ago, has come out with their top four. And this is the last time you'll only see four teams in the college football playoff. Thank so, God. Thank goodness this is almost over. Um, it'll give a little more meat on the bone for us for for future shows too, and it'll just make the college yeah. football season that much longer, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it makes the off season a lot shorter for us. But uh, it's always a good thing too, though, because I feel like we get to the on a side note here. I feel like we get to the off season, we run out of like material to cover because like it just gets so dead. Like at the end, national championship happens, and then it's just dead. And there's just nothing, nothing, nothing. And then there's maybe like two stories a week. And that's about it all the way up until I would say early August. And then we kind of get into it. And, and that's kind of where we're at. But uh, with the state of college football right now. So we'll be a few more weeks uh, in the, you know, later in the season. I feel like in future years, especially next year. So uh, it'll be different for us about this time next year. Uh, but, of course, we'll start the show off with the college football top four reaction. Uh, Tyler, the top four is. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise to anyone. Number one seed is Michigan, 13-0. Uh, you pretty much knew that 
either one or two uh, heading into this weekend. Uh, you just really had to look at that SEC championship game with Georgia and Alabama. Michigan took care of their business uh, against an Iowa team uh, that's going to be heading to a great bowl game. Uh, so number two is Washington. Uh, you know, Washington, like I said on last week's show, uh, I thought that they really had a, a great opportunity with a win against Oregon. They did. They looked dominant in that victory. I know the, the score was closer than that game was, uh, but, man, Washington uh, really put it on them. Washington loves being underdogs. I mean, they're going to be an underdog against Texas, uh, so don't count these boys out. Uh, this is a this is a defense that's definitely been improving. Uh, they had a slow start to the season. Uh, their offense, Michael Penix. Penix is one of the Heisman finalists. Uh, we'll see if he wins it. Uh, but, yeah, this Washington team is definitely scary good and definitely one of my favorites uh, to win the national championship. Uh, number three seed is Texas. Uh, they won the Big 12. Uh, really what vaulted them, the number three, I believe, was that win in September against Alabama. The committee really respected that victory, especially with Alabama winning the SEC, and that was who the number four seed was, was Alabama. There was definitely a lot of controversy where should Florida State be in. They were a 13-0 team. They won the ACC. They took care of business. Alabama, on the other hand, had that one loss to Texas. Not really a bad loss when you really think about it, uh, but the way that they lost, uh, you know, 34 to 24, uh, that game really got away from Alabama in that one. But outside of that, I mean, if you really look at that, this Alabama team, you know, they had some struggles early on the season. You know, that South Florida game, we were talking about it heavily on this show. You know, the Texas A&M game, they struggled in that one. Uh, Arkansas, the list goes on and on. So, you know, this is not, you know – one of these teams that's really been dominant like the Alabama teams that we have seen. And so if you're really asking me if the playoff committee got it right, if you're looking for the best four teams, yes. If you're looking for the most four deserving teams, then no, because why even play the games? Like that that's really where I stand on this selection of putting Alabama in and, and leaving Florida State. I, I don't give a damn if Jordan Travis was injured or not. This is a team sport. One guy doesn't make a team. Uh, there's no iron team. We've you know we've heard that statement. You know, shoved it. If you play sports, you've heard that statement like forever. Uh, so I just really discredit that. I definitely agree with Mike Norvell had to say. I mean, this selection. I mean, it's not ruining college football, but like, why even play the games? You're pretty much just saying like you can go 13 and 0. You can handle your business. You know, the, the hour, just think about like the hours that Florida State put in every single week. And this is not like a team that just went through this soft schedule. They played LSU week one and they handled them pretty handily. I mean, LSU, you look at the, the playoff rankings, they're number 13. I think, believe that's still a good win. And then they went on the road to Florida. I know that Florida, they're five and seven team, uh, but I think that their record doesn't really show how good of a football team that they were this season, um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't really agree really how this playoff committee, I just don't know like why we have this playoff committee in the first place. Like why are we relying on 12 Joe bros who haven't even watched it down to football and they're trying to shove it down our throats. Like, Oh, the defensive piece. Oh, your offense looks good one week. Oh, your offense looks bad. Let me drop it down five spots. So I don't know. Like, Yes, is this going to be a good playoff? Sure. I think that's probably one of the reasons why there's been like a lot of blowouts, you know, in the national championship game last year, 65 to 7. I'm sure that's still in their heads. So maybe they didn't want another TCU, especially with Florida State 
you know, being down to their second string quarterback and Florida State didn't look good against Louisville. They didn't look good against Florida, but you can't just assume that they're going to get boat raced by one of these teams that's in the playoff. Right. I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they didn't get it right. I, I feel like, you know, Florida State should have been there. We had this discussion. You brought up my point pretty much right there. And, and uh, the biggest thing, you know, we're sitting here talking about this, and the biggest thing for me was like, man, I don't think any of us thought a couple of weeks ago that we'd be sitting here talking about a college football playoff without Georgia in the picture. Uh, so that's no. that's pretty surprising. So uh, it's a credit, a credit to Alabama for winning the game. Uh, it was at one heck of a game, though. I mean, it's a close, really close game like that. Now, if Alabama blew them out, then I get it. Put Alabama in the playoff, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But they won by three points. So I, um, it's hard for me to put them in there. Just the SEC beat up on each other this year. And to put Alabama in there just felt like a cop-out for a lot of people because of past years. You know, Alabama's always found a way to sneak in, whether – They've won 10 games, whether they've gone undefeated. I mean, you know, it just it doesn't matter. They always find their way in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, moving past all this, let's get to our top 25 risers and fallers of uh, the end of the, the – the, like this is ostensibly the last risers and fallers because, uh, well, let's just say you can't move anymore once we get to bowl season because of opt-outs, all that mess. I think you should be able to move uh, – you know, out like outside of the top four is what I'm saying. Like, I mean, the AP puts out a final one, but outside of that, this is it for the CFP top 25. Right. So I honestly think you should, but never mind. Let's get to it. Uh, riser, Tyler, hit us with your riser for the week. Yeah, riser of the week is going to be SMU. They were a team that was in the discussion of the New Year's Six Bowl game. That would have been another thing, you know, Liberty versus SMU. The, the committee spent a, a hefty time on that. They give the nod to Liberty. Uh, I honestly would have been more mad if Liberty got got screwed uh, than uh, Florida State getting yeah. screwed because you go thirteen and zero. I don't care your schedule. Their, their schedule was not great, honestly. They're ranked one hundred thirty third in the FBS. That's probably dead last. Uh, you know they didn't really play anybody. SMU, if you really think about it, they played Oklahoma pretty close, uh, and then they had a close loss uh, to TCU. Uh, so that's where the two losses was. But they looked dominant against uh, Tulane. You, you called it. I mean, SMU, uh, they really outclassed Tulane, if you really think about it. Yeah, you know, Tulane wasn't really in that ball game. SMU really dominated that one. So moving out all the way to number 24, still a good bowl game. Uh, just on the outside looking in, uh, you know, they would have been the team to face off against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, but nonetheless, a very good season uh, for SMU finishing the season 11-2. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go out to what's left of the Pac-12. Uh, I'm going to go to the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona finishes season 9-3. and three. Uh, They finished 14th in the country, right behind LSU, another 9-3 and three team. Those are your top two nine-win teams. Well, three lost teams uh, that are right there. So, yeah, I mean, I really think LSU's probably the best three-loss team in the country. Um, played a tough schedule this year, you know, played – Alabama pretty hard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they played a pretty tough schedule. And the teams above them had really good years in the SEC. And you're always going to find LSU in that top 25 unless some dramatic collapse happens. But 
uh, for Arizona to be where they are. I mean, they really a complete turnaround from previous seasons. It's been a long time since Arizona has been in the picture of anything. Uh, for them to be at 14 is very impressive. Uh, so happy with the season that they had and good for them to finish in the top 15 for, for the CFP uh, final poll. Yeah, from our follower, this team didn't really fall much, only two spots, but I was just not impressed with them. That's Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't know if it was either Texas, you know, playing their A game and Oklahoma State playing their C game or even D game, but I thought this one was going to be closer. You know, the line uh, was 15 and uh, Texas really handled it. That was not even close. I mean, a big man scored a touchdown, the defensive tackle for Texas, uh, so Oklahoma State's defense couldn't really do much. Uh, we'll see if they can get back on track on the bowl game. They played Texas A&M the, in the tax act, Texas Bowl. Uh, we got a lot of tax bowls, uh, so I guess get your taxes done this tax season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not really impressed with Oklahoma State uh, in this one. It was more of I thought that this was going to be a much closer game. Oklahoma State was really riding high uh, coming off of a couple of wins. Uh, but uh, Ollie Gordon, you know, he – he won the, the Doak Walker Award last night with the best running back. Uh, so keep an eye on him uh, next year for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but Oklahoma State, very disappointing in champion. Yeah, Ollie Gordon, definitely a uh, very deserving candidate for, for that award. Uh, definitely one of the, the best RBs in, in college football this year. But for me, for my faller, I'm going to go to the game that you referenced a couple minutes ago, that SMU two-lane game. For me, my faller is two-lane, sitting at 22. They fell out of the top 25. Finished the season 11-2 and two, as well as SMU. But my problem with two-lane was, I mean, they were playing at home. And uh, for you to only score two touchdowns, you scored an early touchdown in the first quarter, and you scored an early one or kind of right around the mid-mark of the uh, third quarter. So, I mean, for you to only score two touchdowns, at home is pretty bad. I mean, I think they scored more than 14 points in every single game this year, except for this game. So uh, it's pretty, you know, abysmal offensive performance for them uh, at home. I knew SMU's defense was going to turn it up just a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, SMU was able to score two touchdowns uh, there in the first and second quarter. And after that, it was just all field goals. I mean, uh, you know, that's how they won the game. Just got in field goal range and hit chip shots all game long. So, uh, yeah, for, for Tulane to lose that game, I get them falling out of the top 25. You know, it was a great run for them last year. And, and this year, I think they got a lot of hype going into this season with how they played last year and got to the Cotton Bowl, beat USC. So I think that, you know, they've turned over a leaf and now it's kind of at the point where, you know, their coaches heading out the door, things, you know, things are happening. So, uh, for Tulane, it was still a great season, 11-2, and two, after a great season last year, so uh, good for them. But, yeah, they're my faller, just falling out of the top 25 there in a in a bad loss. I thought it was going to be a close game, and it just wasn't. I mean, it didn't even hit the over. So, I mean, I thought for sure this game was going to hit the over, and it just what didn't come even close. Uh, but getting to our game of today. The game. I think I think this should be the, the game that's called the game. Like this should be the game. Because these two teams America's game. This is America's game. Like, come on, people. Uh Army is the three point favorite on this neutral two and a half. Now it's two and a half, and it was at two and a half, and now on three, and now it's back to two and a half. So two and a half for Army versus the Navy midshipmen. Uh 
I, I, thoughts, Tyler. G- give me your thoughts because I know that you hate this game. Because well, not hate this game, but like I don't you, hate you this don't, game. I just you know every you just, year is like 10 it's to just seven. boring. <laughs> for for Tyler, this is a boring game. Last year's last year's Army Navy game was probably the most exciting Army Navy game we've had in a very long time. Considering with the double overtime and Army ended up winning and kicking, I'm so glad this game is out of Philadelphia. That's the worst place to have this game. So I feel like this one's going to be a lot better. I feel like. Uh, big turnout for this one. So uh, give me your thoughts. Well, the only thing that you really need is what is the over-under in this game? And the over-under is at a merely 27 and a half. So do it as you please. Always take the under in this game. This is either like a 10 to 7, like 10 to 3, whatever. Unless this game goes into overtime, I have no idea how this over is going to hit. Uh, really look at both of these teams. I think that they're pretty similar. I mean, they have the same record, 5-6, five 5-6. and six, five and six. Uh, A very slow start to the season. You know, Navy got boat race out there in Ireland in week number zero against Notre Dame. And we were putting Notre Dame on a pedestal for the first couple of weeks, and they kind of fallen off. Uh, Army, they had a really rough start to the season. You know, they got that big victory against UTSA. And then after that, it was really brutal for them. You know, LSU put it on them. and then But after that, both of these teams, I mean, they just put it on, like, I guess they just figure like, hey, we got this big game coming up in a couple of weeks. We need to be playing for something. Uh, they fell short, you, you know. If you're looking at both of these teams, you know, they're five and six, five and six. Even if they get to the sixth win, they can't. They would have to get their sixth win before this game. Uh, so both of these teams are sadly not bowl eligible, but this is their bowl game pretty much right here. This is for bragging rights. Uh, this is for whoever can sing the alma mater first. Uh, and then whoever sings all my modern second. Uh, so this is definitely one of the great traditions uh, in America watching this game on CBS uh, for if you're SEC on CBS fans and want to tune in this one one more time for these two lovely announcers, definitely go for it. Uh, but I'm going to go with Army in this one. Uh, I think that this is definitely going to be a defensive grinded out game. It's going to be run the football up the gut. What not one, not two. I mean, how many carries are both of these teams going to have? It's probably going to be over 30, maybe even 40. And it might be by the halfback, it might be by the fullback, it might be by the running back, it might be by the receiver, it might be by the quarterback. You never know who's going to get the ball <laughs> in both of these teams. Uh, but I'm going to go army, and you know what? I'm going to give a score prediction, I'll go 13. To seven army wins. Oh my gosh, army's gonna cover the two and a half. Tyler's got uh, they're on the line for me. This one, Army's won their last three games to end the season here. I mean, so a team that was two and six at one point, uh, is now back in the picture at five and six. Had they won the game against UMass at home, they lost by a touchdown. How do you give up 21 to UMass and only score 14 and then go the next week and beat the brakes off of Air Force on the road? I don't know how, but. Uh, had they won that game, they're in a bowl game. Like, that's crazy to me that had they won that game, they're in a bowl game. They had no shot against LSU, 62 to nothing. I mean, that that just felt like, for me, that felt like LSU should have put their second string in for that game because it was so bad. It was just like, stop. Just stop the madness. It's too much, uh, especially against the service academy. That's just killing me. But, uh, no, for Navy, Navy's season kind of all over the place, you know. Doesn't score a ton of points, but when they do score some points, they win games. I mean, they beat UAB 
31 to 6. The next week they go to East Carolina and they beat them 10 to nothing. Uh, so I don't know. SMU put the kitchen sink on them and, you know, to end the season. So, but SMU is a good football team and, and that's a tough team to play to end the season. Uh, but I mean, for this game here, both five and six, five and six, you can't read the season on this game. You just never know what's going to happen. Now, I'll tell you what, if it was snowing sideways, I know who I'm picking. Um, and with this one here, cool temperatures. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the sea creatures. I'm going with the navy. Um, I feel every year it's like this game comes down to one possession, and it's a turnover. There's always a turnover late in this game. It does not matter what is going on. There's always a turnover. I feel like navy can make the most of it in army's territory. Win this game. They won't cover there's no chance uh it's going to be more than two and a half points either way i think this is a one point affair this is a one point game um i'm going to go with the cover they're going to cover the over that it's going to be over in this game uh it's going to be very very close uh i'm gonna go with the wacky one i'm gonna go 15-14? 15-14? In this yeah, it does sound like an Army-Navy game. Wacky game, some 15-14 magic. Uh, wild, wild things are going to happen in this one. So uh, I'm ready for this one. It's my, my favorite one of the year. I will like I say, say, Navy definitely does have the advantage in the uniforms over Army. Navy oh, always yeah. brings it. Oh, my gosh. Navy brings the heat. Last year was really good. I mean, last year, those were some of the best. Um, just Army's got to step up the game. I just feel like if you really think about it, like this series has been dominated by Navy, like for like, for or, years. like they had that what like 15 year winning streak, and Army finally won one, and it's been like back and forth. Yeah. Army, like, thank the I just got to say, like, thank you for Army for finally winning a game and making this in the series because <laughs> I feel like every year we were previewing the show, it was just like, oh, why are we picking this game? Navy's gonna win, Navy's gonna win the, the one year that Army wins. Now it's right. back to you know being an even series. Uh, so yeah, I definitely love the uniforms. Both of these uh, academies definitely bring it up. But I think that Navy the past couple of years, especially those helmets, unbelievable, Ooh. unbelievable. So yeah, um, moving on from this game as much as I don't want to, uh, we're gonna move on to the next big thing before the end of the season here. Uh, and that is who is winning the Heisman Trophy. Your four final candidates on the docket are LSU's Jaden Daniels, quarterback, wide receiver from Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., quarterback Oregon, Bo Nix, and the quarterback for Washington, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, two Pac-12 quarterbacks, a Big Ten wide receiver, and an SEC quarterback, in this one so almost all parties represented in this one um who's winning the heisman uh you know a hint from sports scrambled here what last week two weeks two weeks ago um you know i kind of hinted that i felt like before the pac-12 championship if bo nix had a good pac-12 championship and they win the pac-12 championship i thought bo nix really had a chance with it um as we saw, game really struggled for Oregon, struggle for Bonix to move the football down the field, didn't look good in the pocket, just uncomfortable. 
Uh, on the other side of the field, though, Michael Penix Jr. had himself a game, and his best two games of the year felt like they were against Oregon. Uh, when the lights got brighter, and Michael Penix just stepped it up, and it was just it was just that next leap for Michael Penix for each game that was just that much bigger. Uh, for them to finish where they did and for them to be second in the country competing for a national championship. Definitely a lot of credit to Michael Pinnock's performances on the offensive side of the football. Uh, for me, to the SEC, because uh, I don't feel like Marvin Harrison really has – I don't think Marvin Harrison should be there. That's my thing. I just feel like that's a – that's a it's a name pick for me, I feel like, uh, more than performance at the end of the day. and. That's not how it should be. I thought that the more deserving candidate in that role was Jay, like Jalen Milrow. I, I would definitely Travis. Was. Honestly, I would have put him there. Right, Jordan Travis, who was the fifth ranked on on the Heisman list there, and just came up just a little bit short. Had he played the rest of the season, he's definitely sitting in that spot rather than Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, so I, I feel like Jordan Travis really could have gotten an opportunity and a chance to be there. Uh, definitely a fantastic uh, season for him for a large majority of the season. And last year was actually a really good season for him. I thought I said something last year, I think on the show and I said that Jordan Travis could be a Heisman trophy candidate um, and, and definitely had all the means for that to happen. Just injuries happen, things happen. Uh, and he, you know, has decided to part ways with college football. So uh, definitely a, a future for him uh, in the NFL is very possible. But uh, for me, I feel like Jaden Daniels is is the pick. Uh, I think that we'll see for the Heisman Trophy. I think that definitely he is the best quarterback in the country right now. I do know that Michael Penix won the Maxwell Award. So I, I do I do get that. Um, but that kind of hints at the Heisman a little bit. So for me, I think Jaden Daniels is the Heisman Trophy uh, winner. I think that that's going to be the, it's going to be the second LSU quarterback in what, four years to, to that. you know, second person from LSU in four years. So they have a good quarterback running going uh, last year at this time. I would have told you there's no chance in hell that Jaden Jalen Daniels was going to, win the win the Heisman Trophy. I just didn't I didn't think it was gonna happen. But uh a good season for him kept LSU in a lot of ball games. So uh I think he unanimously could could get a vote. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna predict the order here. I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. will be fourth. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know why he's there. I mean if you really look at the stats between him and, and Malik Neighbors, I mean Marvin Harrison Jr. you got the Blendnikoff Award. Congratulations. I mean I think that he's gonna have a, gr- a great NFL career now the couple reports that you know ESPN's been reporting that he hasn't really made up his decision and you know he's probably the NIL and all that uh, but go to the NFL I don't care if you're on the, the Bears or the Cardinals or wherever you are just go to the NFL uh, but I think that number three uh, Bo Nix uh, I think I agree with you if you would have had a, a very good game against uh, Washington uh, but he didn't uh, you know both quarterbacks threw uh, an interception that game I think it's pretty much down to two horse race Michael Penix uh, Jane Daniels really the only difference is uh, to me is that Michael Penix he's undefeated he's playing in the college football playoff Jane Daniels isn't LSU is the three loss team uh, but we have seen a quarterback win with a three loss team you know RG3 Tebow 
Manziel uh, was a two-loss team at the time. Uh, but I think in that is Jaden Daniels. I mean, if you take Daniels off of LSU, LSU is probably like a four-win team at max, especially with that defense has been playing. If you would have told me that LSU could possibly win a Heisman Trophy award and be a quarterback in two out of the four years, I would have called you crazy because growing up, LSU was, uh, if you're a quarterback, that's a place to die because you just run the football up the gut with less miles the way that he wanted to run his offense. Uh, so I think that if you really look at it, Jaden Daniels, he's definitely been the best player in college football. I could definitely agree uh, with Michael Penix. I think it's going to be closer than really what the odds are saying. I mean, Daniels, if you look at, you know, all the major betting platforms, he's pretty much a lock to win this award. But I think that it, when it comes down to it, I think that the awards will not really be split, but I think that's going to be closer than some people are saying and pretty much this being a runaway. I think that Penix, I had him as my preseason Heisman uh, trophy pick, so it wouldn't surprise me if he finishes number two. Uh, but if you look at the overall season, I think that Jaden Daniels, you know, both in the rushing department, he has over 1,000 yards rushing, and he also has uh, some passing, you know, 50 – 50 overall touchdowns, so it's hard to to bypass that even with the three losses. So I think that JD5 takes on the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, uh, both both picks right there. You know, I, I feel like that's probably going to be what most people are thinking uh, when it comes to the Heisman Trophy and, and voting for that. I think definitely uh, we'll see Jaden Daniels ho- hoisting that trophy uh, in New York here soon. But uh Going on to our next thing is the most surprising and the most disappointing teams from the season. Uh, Because I feel like this is we're at the mark here where we can make this decision because people opt out for bowl games and bowl games don't matter at the end of the day, apparently, Um, even though I think they should. I feel like bowl games should matter. and, And they've gotten the notion that they don't matter for a lot of guys that are going to the NFL. And I feel like they should. Um and getting to it, we're going to go with the most surprising team of the season in the year. Most surprising team of the year. I'm going to go first in this one because I got to. I got to do this. Um, and, yes, I'm picking an SEC team. Tyler already knows who I'm picking. Uh, but I, I feel like this team here embodies what it means to turn a season around. Uh, their head coach definitely – a deserving candidate for coach of the year. I mean, just like this guy turned their team around completely um, in the SEC, made their mark there as, as the runner up in the, in the East. So I'm going to go with the Missouri Tigers. The Missouri Tigers finished the season 10 and two, a fantastic year. Only losses come to LSU and a really tough loss there and a close one, a lot closer than what the score says. And they have a loss to Georgia on the road uh, in a nine-point loss there. Kept it pretty close with them throughout the end of the game. But, uh, you know, Missouri really turned it on at that point there where they got to the Vanderbilt game, you know, pretty early in the season. They win that game by, you know, pretty convincingly. And they get to LSU – struggle a little bit with LSU drop out of the top 25 again when they were sitting at 23 uh hit Kentucky hard they're back in again at 20 so I mean they jumped up quite a bit there and for me the biggest game of the year for them is that Tennessee game 
and just absolutely running the football with Schrader and just absolutely running them over. Uh, definitely could have been uh, in a list of those running back candidates to to win the most deserving for uh, running back of the year. But, I mean, 36-7 to seven against Tennessee. Tennessee was ranked 13. Missouri was ranked 14. They beat them. Missouri's in the top 10. They beat Florida at home, uh, beat Arkansas on the road, and all of a sudden we're talking about a, a Missouri team that's got a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, a fantastic season for them. Uh, great to see them back in contention for the first time in over 10 years. So uh, great to have them back there competing well uh, in saying that we belong in the SEC and definitely a team that does belong in the SEC for years to come. Yeah, I really like that pick. I mean, Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, he definitely should be the SEC Coach of the Year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see if Missouri can, can take down Ohio State if you get to 11-2. and two. I mean, Missouri, if you really look at, the, you know, the, the new SEC of Oklahoma and Texas, I think that Missouri uh, could definitely be a surprise even next year. Uh, but this team was not even on my radar, this one. You know, this conference was loaded. I was talking so heavily about Washington and USC, Oregon. But here comes mighty Arizona with nine and three. I swear, this man is an absolute dog. This this guy right here might be my dog of the year. Noah, I'm probably going to screw up his name five feet up. This man is only a freshman. I mean, Arizona is like Jeff Fish. If there's like any awards for coach of the year, he won't win it. It's probably going to be, you know, like Nick Saban or somebody like that. But Jeff Fish is definitely one of the best up-and-coming college football head coaches. And if you really look at Arizona, they're moving to the Big 12. Sign me up. I might honestly pick them to win the Big 12 next year. You know, with Oklahoma and Texas moving out, you know, Oklahoma State, they'll probably be one of the top dogs. Kansas State, they're losing their quarterback. So I might have just had to pick Arizona to, to win the Pac-12. But if you really run down their schedule, you know, they lost uh, an early one to Mississippi State. If you look at Mississippi State, the way that their team ended, that was definitely one of the, the questionable losses, you know, if they really go with that. But if you really look at outside of their other losses, you know, they got a seven-point loss to Washington at home and then a two-point loss to overtime. So their losses weren't, like, all combined, like, very, very close. So this could have realistically been a team, you know, maybe they've been 11-1, and maybe be 10-2, and two, uh, but they're really right outside of the Pac-12 championship. I would have loved to see them in the Pac-12 championship, get another crack at Washington, but they didn't. Uh, but if you really look at all the other scores, they absolutely dominated. Like Washington State, they beat them 44-6. to six. You know, Oregon State, they won by three. UCLA, they dominated them. I was like, they pretty much, like Utah, 42-18. to 18. Like, who would have thought that coming into the season line? Oklahoma, get ready because you got a buzzsaw coming for you in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, this is like my lock of the bowl season. I'm picking Arizona, and I'm picking Arizona to cover. No way that Oklahoma is beating this team, especially when they play defense. So give me Arizona as my most surprising team of the year. Honestly, like this was the team that I love this year. Uh, so Arizona, love watching them. They're going to be one of my favorites to win the, the Big 12 next year. But think about it. Had they closed that game out against USC or they right. win that three-point game or they win that game against Washington, if they win that game against Washington, they're playing in the Pac-12 championship. Hey, they might they might even be in the playoff. They could have been in the playoff, <laughs> dude. And they lost to Mississippi State too. Right. I mean, that's what's crazy about all that 
is they lost to a Mississippi State team who had an abysmal season for the most part and just unbelievable for them to be where they are. And yes, they are a pick for the bowl season that I don't think anybody is going to argue that they're uh, much better than what their rank says about them at 14. And that's, I mean, 14 is nothing to sneeze at, but they're a lot better than what 14 says uh, for them in the top 25 there to the most opposite side of the spectrum of all time. And to the most disappointing teams of the year, Tyler, I want to hear your most disappointing team this season in college football. Well, I actually give you two here because two of these teams, I had a lot of high expectations coming into the season. I had one team in the playoff and had another team make it into the new year six. I'm sorry. I got to do it to you. Air force. Air Force is my most disappointing team of the year. I mean, this was a team that went 8-0 and and you finished off the season 8-4. and Like, come on. Like, this was a team that I was so high about. Like, we, I remember it. On that one show that we were talking about, like, why is Air Force not ranked? They get ranked, and then all of a sudden Army beats them by 20. And then after that, they lose to Hawaii on the islands. Not even close. And then you, they lose to UNLV. That's a respectable loss. Boise State, that's a respectable loss. They never lose... And then you look at the bowl games, and then you got James Madison. Like, oh, my – yeah, I don't think that they're winning this one. Even if James Madison's head coach is in there, even if their quarterback's not there, like the way that Air Force has been playing the past couple of four weeks, this is like a different football team. If you look at the first eight weeks, honestly, like they, I'm not saying they could have beat anybody in the country, but this was a team that, you know, played a brand of defense that they want. They ran the football with ease and nobody could stop them. They run an army. I guess if you're in an army, all hell breaks loose. Uh, but, yeah, this was a team that I had uh, as my New Year's uh, representative. Uh, so they're in the Armed Forces Bowl against James Madison. That's definitely going to be a fun bowl game to watch. Uh, definitely uh, agree with James Madison being able to play in a bowl game. I've really been vying for that for the past couple of weeks. Uh, so Air Force is one of my most disappointed teams. And Penn State's my other one. I mean, I picked them in the playoff as my number two seed. And to go 10-2 every year, I mean, if you want a virtual lock of what Penn State, if their record's going to be every year, it's going to be 10-2 because James Franklin hasn't beaten either Michigan or Ohio State since he's been the head coach there. I mean, once in a blue moon they do it. Like a couple of years, they needed a, a blocked field goal touchdown to beat Ohio State and then they beat Michigan pretty handily whenever Saquon Barkley, Trace McSoley, all those guys were there. But really the expectations, I know that they're 10-2. and two. Everybody would probably take that if you're outside of that. But I picked them in the playoff as my number two seed, win the Big Ten Championship, and they failed me. So Penn State and Air Force, my most disappointed team, just based on my high expectations that I had. I'm just, as a teacher, I'm just, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, that, that one hurts. Um <laughs> moving on from that tough one Can you move um, on? yeah i've got one worse than that oh. for you i got the I worst of the worst team this year let's uh, talk yeah. about all the freaking hype that we got you, in oh, the off season and it's just constant 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 every single freaking day i got to the point where i had to turn the tv off we talked about it so much I even bought into the hype early in the season. And I was like, well, maybe they're going to do it. They start the season 3-0. and And I said, are they going to be good? And they just... And, uh, yeah, they finished 
let's let okay they started at the top of the conference they ended at the bottom of the conference oh a team that lost the last six of their last seven games of the season six of the last seven are you kidding me and their only win that they got in that stretch was against Arizona State, and you won by a pity three points. Colorado. Oh, come on. They went 1-11 last terrible. year. Terrible. Terrible. Well, no, because everybody bought into the hype where they were going to turn it around, and here they come, and they beat TCU, and they put up 45. They beat Colorado. Or they beat Nebraska. They beat Colorado State. And, oh, here we go. They're ranked in the top 25. They're Heck, they're ranked 18th in the country at that point. Well, they run into Oregon. They get absolutely ran over. They go to freaking at home to USC. We think they're going to win against USC, and they lose late in the game. They beat Arizona State, and we get to the point where we're like, okay, they're going to be a mediocre team in the Pac-12. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't nope. stop there. They lose to Stanford somehow in a terrible game at home where they were up by, what, 23, and they blew it? And from down, after that, just downfall. I think the wheels fell Travis off. Hunter. One, you, Colorado you State Travis game told me everything I needed to see. You lost Travis Hunter. You lose to UCLA. You lose to Oregon State. You lose to Arizona. You lose to Washington State, who just finished barely above you. And you lost to Utah to end, to end the season. Uh, that has got to be the worst like the best start in the worst end to a season I've seen in college football in a long time. I mean, terrible, absolutely awful. I get it. Arizona's ranked in the top 25. They're a decent team. Oregon state's ranked in the top 25. At one point, UCLA was ranked in the top 25, Oregon, a top 10 team. USC was ranked in the top 25. Well, they turned out to be atrocious. And they could, have been, my, they could have been my other pick because I was so tired of people talking about Caleb Williams. And all they want to do is talk about Caleb Williams. And it was terrible. It was awful. It was the worst thing on planet Earth to watch outside of Washington and Oregon. They made the entire Pac-12 season and Arizona. Those are your three teams that made the entire season for you. Now, had Washington State beat Washington late in the season, and they almost did, then we're talking like then it's a little better, but Oh my God, even Utah to end the season, the way that Utah ended their season and finished eight and four after the last two seasons that that team has had and won the PAC 12 championship. And you lost their final games, the way you lost them. I, I just, I table everything at this point. I I'm glad that we saw the PAC 12, for so many years, but I'm finally glad that something's going to change a little bit because there are teams there like Colorado that go play in the group of five for a beat's sake. I mean, it's so atrocious to see them play football late in the season. I couldn't watch it down to their games. I couldn't do it. I literally skipped over it. I said, nope, can't do it. Because it was like watching the, the Kansas City Chiefs and watching Taylor Swift up there in the booth. How many times are they going to show her? How many times are, am I going to get drunk on my couch after I have to take a shot every time they show Taylor Swift up in the stands? Because it was just about like that with Deion Sanders. I mean, every single second of the game that they didn't say, hut, and they were showing them on the sideline. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, nobody cares at the end of the day. And they do their little thing on YouTube and all that with Shadur and Jilo and all that. Just watch it. Get rid of it. You think Shadur comes back? 
Yes. Yes, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about a high, highest of high. I mean, their their school was raving about them. And then they got to the end of the season. It was just like same old Colorado. It <laughs> just turned into same old Colorado. Completely different team, player-wise, but the same result, it felt like. Had they not won those early games in the season with the hype and everything, had they not beat TCU, had they lost that game, this is another 11-1 and team. Or 1-11 team, I'm sorry. This is another 1-11 team in, in the Pac-12. It is. So I don't know where Colorado stands. I'm going to be so glad we're going to be done talking about Colorado. Please, God, stop talking about Colorado in the offseason on all these major networks because we will not be talking about it on here. That is the last time you will hear the words Colorado out of my mouth on this show for a long time. Not even in the Big 12? Not even in the Big 12. They have no chance in the Big 12. I mean, maybe in a mascot battle, but that's about it. Like, uh, Ralphie might win in a mascot battle. I give it to him. They come out with a live buffalo, and I tell you what, that thing runs 100 miles an hour, and it is so cool to watch. But, my God, I cannot watch their football team play another down of football for another season. I can't do it. Okay, I'm done. Moving on to the next topic, and I've completely blanked at this point. I'm so off the rails. Uh, The next thing here, we get to the end of the season, and we have now had over 1,500 players enter the transfer portal since Monday evening. Since last Monday evening, we have had 1,500 students Okay, we'll call them students because they're going to college. Uh, enter the transfer portal. So, uh, uh, petition, petition. You can only transfer every two years. That means if you are a two-year grad student, you can only transfer three times, right? If you are a four-year student and you're getting like your undergraduate day. degree, you can only transfer one time that means one time that means you transfer after your sophomore year you get your junior and senior season and you are done like i'm so sick and tired of seeing these people transfer out of schools every single year like it's a revolving door like that's terrible it doesn't give other guys the opportunity especially at a high school think about all these kids in high school that are trying to play in college oh no we can't have him because Good old, you know, whoever is coming from Notre Dame to come and play for us now because, you know, uh, we need a quarterback and they're going to transfer to us like it's free agency. Like, okay, no, this is college football. Like, there's a reason that we didn't have this a a number of years ago, and I think it needs to go back to that because it's gotten way out of hand, in my opinion. Uh, But aside from that, Dylan Gabriel has announced his transfer destination. Tyler, I'll let you take it away. Yep, going to Oregon. I like like you just mentioned. I mean, this was a guy that started at UCF, uh, transferred to Oklahoma, and now transferred to Oregon. I I thought the consensus was that he was going to Mississippi State and following his offense coordinator. That was I'm sure that Mississippi State fans are not happy with this, uh, but I think it makes perfect sense. You know, you're going to another high powered offense. Uh, Oregon's going to the Big Ten. Uh, that's definitely going to be a challenge for them. Uh, I haven't really looked at Oregon's schedule. I'm sure that we'll get to that into the offseason, start looking at, you know, these these power teams uh, and how their schedules uh, are going to be lined up for 2024. Uh, but, you know, Oregon, uh, you know, real look at Bo Nix. Uh, you, you know, Bo, the way the transition was, Bo Nix, uh, you know, 
he had his good games at Auburn, uh, but was an inconsistent quarterback. And then Oregon really transformed him uh, into being a really good quarterback. Uh, so I think that Dylan Gabriel, he had a very good season with Oklahoma. Oklahoma really had one of the best offenses in the Big 12. Really, what's been hurting them is has been their defense uh, this year. You know, they were 10-2. They won against Texas. I mean, they've done everything. And then they lose to Kansas. I don't know who else they, they lost to. Uh, they had that two-game losing stretch. Oh, yeah, it was against Oklahoma State. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's this was a team uh, that I had them, uh, you know, finishing 10-2, and two, uh, but not making the Big 12 championship. I think that was a fall, like losing to Kansas. Uh, definitely stands out to you. I, I get lose at Oklahoma State's a rivalry game. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon, I think that's a perfect fit. Uh, Oregon definitely has a lot of pieces around him. Uh, their defense, I think that's going to be – I mean, this is definitely going to be a challenge, you know, going from the Pac-12, going for the Big Ten. I mean, you, you got to bring your defense every week because it's going to be a grinded-out football game. Oregon's still going to want to throw the football like they do. Uh, so I think that Oregon's definitely uh, getting one of the top transfer prospects in Dylan Gabriel. I, I think that this is his last season. It's got to be because this man's been mm-hmm. in college football for like five or six years now. Right. Yeah, I mean, their biggest games of next year are going to be at home against Ohio State, on the road at Michigan, and back at home against Washington. I mean, those are going to be your three games. They're going to be your three. Are Washington three. again? Oh, my yes. gosh. To close the season out in November, uh, they're going to be playing playing Washington. So, uh, yeah, tough games there. You got Wisconsin on the road also in between there. Wisconsin's going to be better next year. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be a lot better football team next year. Texas Tech's always a tough game to play. Uh, Illinois looks really good too. Still, I mean, they still look like a, a decent team. Especially if it's sandwiched between both of those like big games. Like, oh, we got to play Illinois. That would be easy. Yeah, I mean, when you have a stretch where you play October game, mid early October game against Ohio State, then you got to play Purdue on the road, back home against Illinois, and then go back to Michigan to play in Ann Arbor mm. against Michigan is going to be a Not tough easy. stretch for them. Uh, Maryland back at home, Wisconsin on the road, and back at home against. Washington so a tough season and it's going to be a tough stretch for the Big Ten I think you're going to see the Big Ten teams beat up on each other you're going to see SEC teams beat up on each other and I feel like next year we'll see multiple teams we'll get a three loss team and we'll get well no we'll have a 12 team playoff we're going to have teams that I think are going to be four loss teams going to be making it in the top 12 teams which I think is crazy uh you know seven and four teams making it to uh, that that hump making the hump there, and you know, getting to the point where they're going to be seven and five potentially, uh, or you know, I don't know about that. Probably eight and four is probably where we're going to sit at, uh, you know, for the for the large majority of some of those teams. But uh, yeah, it's going to be incredible to see what happens there. Of course, we'll talk about all in the off season. Moving on to our next thing here is our next segment of the transfer portal. It's Where's that quarterback going? Uh, it's literally where's Waldo for quarterbacks uh, in this lovely, let's just call it the offseason at this point for the quarterbacks that are entering the transfer portal that have already entered the transfer portal. There's so much more to come. We're going to be talking about the transfer portal for the next three and a half months. Uh, so let's get ready, folks. Buckle up. The roller coaster is about to take off because uh, we have some big quarterbacks in this list. I, I, I'm happy to say that uh, some of them have are going to find new homes because they need to find new homes. Some of them are leaving and I just think it's kind of stupid and they're just going on a little hiatus. Uh, But let's get to them, Tyler. First one is Will Rogers from Mississippi state. Will he, will he come back to Starkville with Jeff Levy or will he go somewhere else? Jacob, where is he going? (laughs) 
So let's talk about Will Rogers. Real quick. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, we can do a little bio and then we'll get Will back. Rogers, you know, with the state of how Mississippi State's football team has been the last few years with Will Rogers at quarterback, has been nothing short of a roller coaster ride itself. Um, I don't know if Mississippi State, how they'd finish this year, what, what to make of it. Will Rogers, okay, over 1,500 passing yards this year, not amazing, not great, kind of middle of the road there lower half when it comes to quarterbacks, I think completion percentage was mm, 50s, kind of all over the place for Will Rogers. I think it's probably wise that he finds a new home. I felt like Mississippi State was a weird move for him anyways with that. Um, So for him to find a new home, I would say Will Rogers has got to go somewhere in the Big 12, possibly. I feel like he's either a Big 12 or a Big 10 quarterback uh, at the most. I could see him in the ACC, um, but I feel like Will Rogers could be a fit for a team coming to the to the Big Twelve. Could he go to a school like, you know, Stanford potentially? I don't know. There's there's schools out there that that could be on the West Coast that are looking for a quarterback like Will Rogers, something that he can throw the ball because when he throws the ball, he's a decent quarterback. If he throws it correctly, <laughs> if not, he can find himself at a place like Iowa. I mean, that that's realistically two opposite sides of the spectrum, but that's realistically where he could find himself. I think he's the biggest curveball when it comes to finding out a spot for Will Rogers. Yeah, I, I think that if you really look at Will Rogers, uh, he really if you look at Mike Leach's system, whenever he was in it, uh, he was an air raid quarterback. He's been an air raid quarterback. Uh, for really most of his life. I mean, in, in high school, his his high school team uh, was a it was an air raid attack, and then Mississippi State they ran it for a couple of years, and then obviously with the circumstances uh, they went away from it. And this year he really struggled, and the team struggled with them. Uh, so I think that it, he goes to the Pac-12, and I'm going to go with Washington. I think that there is a tie if the running back uh, for Washington, Dylan Johnson, he was originally at Mississippi State. Uh, so I think there's little ties there. When Michael Penix going to the NFL, there's a spot open for them. So I think it just makes too much sense for me. Uh, so I think that Will Rogers does what Bo Nix does. He went to the SEC, I guess not to the Pac-12. Now he's going to the Big Ten. Uh, so Will Rogers to the Big Ten. I think that the Washington Huskies land Rogers. Yeah, very, uh, very good possibility for him to go there especially with Dylan Gabriel going to, to Oregon. Uh, very possible for him to do such thing. Uh, moving on to our next quarterback in the transfer portal is Kyle McCord, the now former uh, Ohio State quarterback, has announced he's going into the transfer portal. Probably the biggest shocker for everybody that Kyle McCord has left Ohio State. Um, as far as Kyle McCord goes, I just don't know. I, I really don't know where he goes. That's the problem. Um, he's a decent quarterback. He's probably SEC bound. That's my. That's probably my guess. Kyle McCord's going to be an SEC quarterback. Where he goes, that's a very good question. Does he go to a place like Auburn? Does he potentially try his hand at LSU? I mean, there's, there's multiple places that he could go. Yeah. Um, Tyler says no to LSU. He doesn't want him at LSU. That's that's what I hear. You don't want another Ohio State transfer. 
to come to Baton Rouge. This is no Joe Burrow. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle McCord. I, I just don't know. I really don't. Um, potentially Florida. I mean, there's there's a few options out there, but I think he's going to the SEC. I, I yeah, I think the SEC makes sense here. I'll say Kentucky. I think that he lands at Kentucky. You know, we saw Devin Leary go there. That didn't really work out. Leary did not have the great season uh, that I thought that he would. Uh, but Kentucky, you know, Devin Leary, I think that he's done. I think that he's out of uh, eligibility. Uh, so a quarterback is open. Who knows? Like none of these people anymore. Like want to trust their freshman anymore like the transfer portal is the place to go to find your next starting quarterback that way you can stay afloat because you don't want to just run out your freshman quarterback out there especially with all the new conferences that are going to be happening uh so i think that Kyle mccord heads on down to the bluegrass state so give me kentucky to land mccord yeah uh so we both have him as an SEC quarterback, just a matter of where he goes. I could see him going to a smaller SEC school. I said maybe Missouri at that point. You know, maybe they're looking for another quarterback there to vault them to the next level. Um, but, yeah, a lot of potential for Kyle McCord in the future uh, to be an SEC quarterback. On to our next quarterback on the list is Riley Leonard, the former Duke quarterback. Late injury in the season got him hurt. Got into the rehab scene there, and you know he's still a really good quarterback. We talked about him quite a bit early in the season about his success from last season and Duke's success from last season. Of course, Duke Mike Elko's moved on; he's back at Texas A and M as their as their head coach, um, and now they've got a guy coming from Penn State to be the next head coach for Duke. In uh, Manny Diaz, probably the number one most deserving guy that was a coordinator to be the next head coach for a football team. I felt like Manny Diaz was a guy for that. Uh, I think he could be the right guy for that job at Duke. He's a system guy, and he's a guy that brings a lot of energy like Mike Elko. Um, So definitely a good fit for Duke. For Riley Leonard, he's moving on. Um, Riley Leonard, I think the, the obvious selection here is Notre Dame. I think a lot of people have said that where he's going because Sam Hartman finally, for the grace of God, he's not eligible anymore to play football uh, at the college level. Heck, the guy looks like he's 30 and playing college football, and it's like old men versus young young little boys playing college football. Um, but no, uh, Riley Leonard, I think, could be going to Notre Dame, so I'll go with Notre Dame in this one. Uh, he'd be a very good fit. I think Riley Leonard would be a better fit for Notre Dame than Sam Hartman was for Notre Dame. Just my opinion. I see Riley Leonard going home. I think that he goes to Auburn. He's from Fairhope, Alabama. It just makes too much sense. Uh, if you're look at Auburn's quarterback situation, it is not very good. Peyton Dorn, I don't think, is the quarterback for them. And they have uh, the, the sophomore quarterback uh, and Robbie Ashford. They need a veteran guy. They need a guy who can be a dual-threat quarterback, you know, Payne Thorne can be that, but he cannot throw the football worth a dang. I mean, he was able to do it at Michigan State, and then all of a sudden he goes to Auburn, and he just sucks. I'm sorry. Like, he, mm-hmm. he was not very good this season. Uh, so I think that with Riley Leonard giving the experience, and he wants a little revenge on Mike Elko leaving him. So he's going to go to Auburn and beat Texas A&M uh, to a pulp next season. Uh, so give me Riley Leonard going and playing for the hometown state. No, he's not going to Alabama. Alabama doesn't need him because Jalen Milrow would be their guy for the next couple of years. So Auburn just makes too much sense. Yeah, moving on to our next quarterback on the list. 
is Cam Ward. Uh, this guy here is probably the most underrated quarterback on the list. This guy here could have sat, and he's a top 10 in the Heisman Trophy you know, selection as far as players go. I, I feel like Cam Ward, you know, not many people got to see him this year. I feel like that's going to change next year. And he's going one of two places. He's going to the state of Florida, but it's a matter of two places. He's either going to Miami to be the next quarterback for the Hurricanes, or he's going to Florida State to be the next quarterback for the Seminoles. I think he's going to Florida State. I think he is a very good fit. He reminds me of Jordan Travis a little bit. I think that he would be an excellent quarterback uh, and look good in that uh, that old Seminole uh, uniform. So I think that uh, Kim Ward, his destination would be Florida State. Uh, a good fit there in that system for him. Can get out and scramble a little bit. Very good thrower of the football. He's accurate uh, and could be a very good future NFL quarterback uh, if he does stick with it. I mean, we're a long road from long way from that, but uh, definitely really good. Over 6,400 passing yards, um, 43 touchdowns. I mean, holy crap. This guy's racking up the stats over these last, you know, this last little bit in his two seasons with with Washington State. So I, I honestly think that uh, two seasons with over 3,000 passing yards gets you into that next level of quarterback in college football. So, uh, Dude could be a dog down there at Florida State. Yeah, whoever gets Cam Ward, their team's going to be like plus five. You get you get an automatic boost. Whoever lands Cam Ward, I agree with you. Florida State definitely makes a lot of sense here. You know, no more Jordan Travis. If you plug like the guys that you have, you know, Rodemaker. I don't know about him. I think that Cam Ward. You pull you plug him in. Florida State's going to win the ACC again. I mean, if you really look at the way that Clemson's been run, even it. If Tyler Van Dyke's leave Miami, I don't think that Miami is going to be very good. We'll see if they're uh, if, if you know they can get somebody else from the transfer portal because there's a lot of them as we've seen. And so I think if Florida State's definitely one of the top picks for me, uh, so I'll give the Seminoles landing Cam Ward. Yeah, on to our next quarterback on the list here is Dante Moore, the UCLA quarterback that kind of shocked the college football scene late in the season with his success at UCLA under Chip Kelly. Um, I like this kid, and, and he's a different style of quarterback. I think he – he hmm, who could I compare him to? He reminds me of a Deshaun Watson, kind of. It's kind of weird, but he reminds me of Deshaun just a little bit um, in, in play style, but I like Dante more. I think he's going to the Big Ten, so is UCLA, but – I think he's staying within the Big Ten. Um, honestly, dude, he's either going to one of two places, and it's a big – I mean, this is a big job. It's a huge job for, for Dante Moore. I know that it's going to be either, I feel, Ohio State or Michigan. One of the two schools is going to land Dante Moore. Is he the starter, potentially, at Michigan? Could be. We don't know what the future for holds for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, there at Michigan, so it could be a sense where he, we could see JJ McCarthy out the door at Michigan if Jim Harbaugh decides to move on to the NFL. We could, um, and I, I feel like he could be the next quarterback for Michigan. So I'm going to stick with Michigan because I feel that Jim Harbaugh's out the door at the end of the season uh, at Michigan. He's going to move on to the NFL, and JJ McCarthy, I feel like, is probably going to either 
declare for the NFL draft or he's going to be playing somewhere else. I mean, that's one of the, one of the two things that that could happen there. So I'm going to go with Michigan for Dante Moore. Yeah, I, I think that this is another big one. He was a, a five-star recruit. A lot of everybody wanted him. Uh, I think that he had, you know, an up-and-down season. You know, it, it was a freshman season as expected, but I think that as he grows and as he develops uh, as a quarterback, I think that he's going to be a really good I think that everybody who needs a quarterback, you know, if you have a quarterback need, then you're calling up uh, Dante Moore's phone. Uh, but I think that this is where the new head coach of the Spartans, Jonathan Smith, lands a big splash. I think that Dante Moore, SD slants, and uh, they need a guy, they need a face that can really turn this program around. I think that Dante Moore uh, is, a, is a really good fit for Michigan State. You know, this has been a program that's been dealing with a lot of off-the-field issues. So, so I think that if you get a quarterback like Dante Moore, it could quickly uh, turn especially with Jonathan Smith. He's a fantastic head coach. He was able to develop, you know, DJU and then also, uh, uh, you know, had a really good running back too. Uh, so we'll see if anybody from Oregon State uh, follows him. But I think that Dante Moore going to East Lance and uh, Jonathan Smith it makes a, a huge splash in the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, definitely a big one there. Uh, moving on to our next quarterback on the list here is Will Howard, uh, the K-State quarterback uh, who was – basically thrown into the role at, at Kansas State. Kind of a strange move, we thought, to Kansas State. Uh, it was kind of an odd move for Will Howard to begin with, I thought. Um, but here's where I think Will Howard, this is where he makes his money. Um, a lot of people are saying this, and I kind of agree. I feel like he's probably the next quarterback for this team, this quarterback uh, that currently is on this team is going to the NFL and – you know, supposed to be the number one overall pick. So I'm going to go with Will Howard to USC. I think it's going to be a very different offense there, but I think he can develop under Lincoln Riley um, into much more than what he has been for, for K-State. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Will Howard to USC. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the rival of USC. I'm going to go Notre Dame lands Will Howard. I just think that, like you mentioned, uh, you know, no more uh, Sam Harmon anymore. They, they were, I think that they were really hoping that Sam Harmon was going to be the guy uh, to lead them back to the playoff. It, it, you know, they had a great start to the season. They lose, uh, they didn't lose to Duke because they almost lost. It. They lost to Louisville, and then outside of that, that you know, they lost to Ohio State pretty close. So, so you know, nine and three season, still a good season uh, for for the second year head coach. Uh, so I think that Will Howard. Notre Dame, uh, I just think that you get the experience there. He was really good at Kansas. You plug him in there. Don't really know him from Sam Harmon to Will Howard. Uh, so I think uh, Notre Dame lands Will Howard. Yeah, potential right there for that. Uh, on to our next quarterback here is K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas quarterback, uh, the vet here in the SEC. Tyler, where do you see him going? I honestly have no idea. I just see him as a Big 12 quarterback. I don't know why. You know what? Dylan Gabriel's out, Oklahoma. I'm going to say that K.J. Jefferson goes to Oklahoma. He stays I think, in the red and blue, or the yeah. red and white, I'm sorry. Well, I guess he goes to the SEC, stays in the SEC, so whatever. I just think that he's – I don't know. I, I This is like – I like this is like the one guy I have no idea where he can land. Like, at Arkansas, like, like the first, like, three years is – like, he was still good this year. I just think that Arkansas just didn't have – an offensive line. If you really watch Arkansas, their offensive line could not protect KJ Jefferson. He had hardly any time. 
this one. Uh, you know, Arkansas had that freshman tied in. That was his go-to target. And then Rocket Sanders, star running back for Arkansas, he was out for the season. So it was just not the – you know, the, he just didn't have everybody around him. So I think that going to Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel's out the door. Brent Venables needs a starting quarterback. You got to get somebody with experience. KJ Jefferson has that. Uh, so I think that he stays in the SEC and says boom sooner. Yeah, I'm going to have KJ staying in the SEC as well, but I'm going to go to the East Coast. I've got him to South Carolina for the Gamecocks. I think that's a good I think that's a good fit for KJ uh, to South Carolina with Spencer Rattler out the door. Um, finally, good God. I mean, uh, it's about time. But I feel like Spencer Rattler probably he would have made best if he had gone to the NFL last year. Uh, with the, end, the way they ended last season, I felt like that really would have boosted his success in the NFL draft this year. He'll fall down the list with the list of quarterbacks going to the NFL. Uh, it's a bit different. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with KJ, yeah, for South Carolina Gamecocks. I think he would be a good fit in that system. On to our next one, the former Miami quarterback for the Hurricanes, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, this is where I see a big leap for Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke, I think, is going to be on the move to the Big Ten. I think he is a Big Ten quarterback at heart right here. System change for this team. I think he's on the way to Columbus, Ohio, to Ohio State. All right. I have him also going to the Big Ten, a new Big Ten team. Give me USC. I think that he goes from the East Coast to the West Coast, like you mentioned. I think that, yeah, Will Howard definitely makes sense for him. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, though, he's just like been a, a quarterback that I cannot figure out. He's had his games, you know, going like the, the Texas A&M game. I think that's if he plays like that for twelve games. I mean, he 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 could definitely be one of the best quarterbacks. I think he just has to figure out the system that he's in. Miami is just it's just an absolute dump that they're in. I just think that I don't know what can fix the curse that's on that Miami football program, but it's not going to be Tyler Van Dyke. So. I think that, uh, you know, if Kale Williams leaving, it's going to be like USC is going to get one of these quarterbacks that we have on this list. I mean, it's 100 percent. I think uh, Tyler Van Dyke is definitely going to be one of those guys that are in the leading and the lead for USC. Uh, so give me the Trojans. I think that he goes to the Big Ten nonetheless. So. Well, Big Ten bound. Uh, we both think for Tyler Van Dyke. They're on to the next quarterback on the list is DJU. He is, well, I guess he was. I guess he was Oregon State's quarterback for a little while, um, but no, I, he's on the move once again from Clemson to Oregon State. I think it's about time. He, uh, he I think he just loves the color orange. I, like that, that's really what I think. So I think he's going to stick with the team that's still the color orange. Um, you just talked about him there. I think he's going to Miami. I honestly mm. think that I could see DJU at Miami. Look, it's. It's a party scene down there. DJU, come on. Like, like it, it, it fits good. No, uh, I, I think he's going to be the next quarterback there. I don't know what's going to turn Miami around. Maybe DJU. I have no idea. Um, but I don't see him turning it around, but I just I feel like that's probably the best the best fit for him. Well, great minds think alike. I also have Miami for DJU. I think he goes back to the ACC. I think that he's just – I think that he worked out well uh, for Oregon State, uh, but – you know, maybe he could go uh, to Michigan State. That's where Jonathan Smith is going. I, I just don't really see him that. I don't think that he was tied uh, to the head coach. I think it was just more of a program fit. You know, Clemson didn't really want him anymore. Like, oh, we have, to, uh, you know, Klubniak here. And Klubniak, you know, yeah, he was okay. <laughs> he was okay right. this season. Uh, but 
I think that DJU, uh, he's going somewhere to the ACC. Maybe we see him go to Florida State. I think that Florida State would also be a top option uh, for DJU if they miss out on Cam Ward. Uh, but I think that uh, with Van Dyke leaving here, uh, DJU goes on to Miami with the Kings. Well, that uh, is our last quarterback, I believe, on the list of, yeah. of quarterbacks. Who knows there if we'll have more? Where is that quarterback going? We could have more quarterbacks surface, and we could have some new news on the potential of where these quarterbacks land here in the near future as we wind down the rest of this college football season and the bowl season coming next week. Uh, next week starts bowl season. Next weekend is the first weekend of bowl, starting with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. The snoozer of them all bowl starts it off, and we work our way to some of the best bowl games of the season. Uh, but, of course, next week we'll we'll gas right through our bowl games for – for next week we'll only talk about the bowl games of the week uh for that week there so it's not too much thrown on the plate there tyler and i will be keeping track of our picks for those bowl games and we will decide and find out not decide we will find out who the winner prize for this Maybe like a yeah. gift card or something. i don't know it's christmas season. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. little prize there uh to see who's gonna pick the most correct uh, and maybe one of us goes undefeated in the Bulls. Who knows? I mean, if you do, then I'm up dude. in the prize to a jersey. <laughs> Why not? Well, I'll say right now, if one of us goes undefeated, well, honestly, All we right. might even put a jersey on the line. Who knows? All right. Well, we'll see what we do. We'll we'll talk about it and discuss it. We'll let you guys know next week what is on the list of for the prize. What is the trophy uh, for the bowl season? So uh, we will see you guys again next week for the bowl season start for part one of it uh, next week on the 16th. So we will get that underway next Saturday and bring that guys to you, bring that to you guys. Um, But other than that, we will see you guys next Saturday.